Christmas. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's probably the first time you've heard that all year, and I got to be the first one. Thank you, choir, uh, if you picked up on our Christmas song. Uh, band, you guys did amazing. I'm sorry I missed my little key thing. But, yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, and by the way, I got a call from Walmart and Amazon and Target for, for me to kind of prime the pump uh, for this year. We are officially 117 days, 12 hours, and 33 minutes from Christmas. You guys excited about that? Yes. Um, and by the way, if you want to start your Christmas shopping, because Carrie and I love Cracker Barrel, like once every couple of weeks, go get it to go. They have a Christmas tree up in Cracker Barrel with ornaments already. So you can go ahead and start getting your Christmas stuff uh, from Cracker Barrel. That None of them endorsed me, really, by the way. Uh, if you see me there today, it's not a free lunch. Um, but we are finally at a point in John where we, he's talked about Jesus. Uh, we know that that is the prime focus of the entire book. And now he is talking about Jesus coming in the flesh, coming in human form uh, to be our Savior and our Lord. So read with me John chapter 1. We're in verses 14 through 18 this morning. And it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So here we are. The Word became flesh. And in the previous passages, beginning of chapter 1, we heard about the Word, who's the life, who's the light of the world, who was God and is God. Uh, and all these terms we knew applied to Jesus and that we learned about uh, the divinity of who Christ is as God, uh, that he has been working since before time and through creation. But there was a problem, and that was sin. Uh, we fell into sin, and there was darkness. And there, there were some little sparks here and there uh, that, that God revealed himself. There wasn't a true light. Uh, but now God can no longer be ignored because the true light has come. Christ Jesus has come uh, in person, uh, a visible person, man, who people can see, interact with, learn from, observe. Here is God incarnate uh, who came to be God among us. And Jesus is no longer merely behind the scenes. Uh, he came so that we could see who God is. Uh, and he came for even deeper purposes than that that we'll get into. So here is God incarnate, the incarnation, a divine God with a finite man in one person. And that is Jesus coming into flesh. And why would he do that? Because he loved us. Here is, here is religion that tries to create ways for man to, to relate to God, connect to God, uh, to have a relationship with God, but re religion doesn't accomplish that, does it? It's a relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
relationship over religion, and that's been from the very beginning the purpose of God, back into a right fellowship with the Father through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so here's this relationship that, that God wants with us, and the best connection was for him to reveal himself in, or through Jesus Christ in the form of a man. So Merry Christmas! Uh, we celebrate every year Christmas about a baby coming to be born, Jesus, uh, the infant. And we always talk about we need to celebrate Christmas all year. We need to celebrate Easter all year. Well, here we are. Uh, and here is the picture of Christ coming in the flesh as an infant, uh, born from Mary, and entering into this world for us to have access to God the Father uh, through the Holy Spirit, by what Jesus lived and what he did for us. Turn with me to Matthew 1, verses 18 to 23. And in, in the vein of Christmas, we're going to continue with some Christmas passages. But here the picture is God with us. We're going to look at that, that he dwelt among us. Matthew 1, verses 18 to 23. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that was, here's Jesus, God with us, dwelt among us, verse 14 says, and to dwell, John could have used to live among us, but he is the, the word to dwell. Uh, and that gives a picture of setting up a tent, setting up a tabernacle. Uh, and the people of his day understood setting up a tabernacle. And here is the presence of God among his people in the tabernacle and dwelling among them. Uh, in the Old Testament, here was in the wilderness, they set up the tabernacle so that God dwelt among his people. And just as the tabernacle was a place where God dwelt there and manifested his glory, here is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And just as the tabernacle was at the center of Israel's camp, so Christ is to be the center of the church. May we always have our eyes focused on him. And just as sacrifices and worship were offered at the tabernacle, so Jesus is our complete and final sacrifice, uh, that we have access to God through him. So here's the word, becoming flesh, Christ incarnate, allowing us access to God in grace and truth, and full access to God the Father, and understanding that this is God's compassion for us. The most perfect way of conveying that truth and our understanding is for him to come down to our level, to be human, for us to be able to see and interact with Jesus in the flesh, as God, and knowing that we have a Savior who has come. And because Jesus came as a man, we see his glory. We see this miraculous event of God becoming man 
and seen the glory of God. Isaiah 9, 6, another uh, Christmas passage, gives us a picture of what seeing the glory of Jesus as man, who is also fully God. Isaiah 9, 6 says, To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Here in this verse is talking about a child born, so fully man. He didn't come as some deity. He didn't come as a fully grown man uh, to come and to be the Messiah. Here is an infant. Uh, so Jesus went through all the stages. Could you imagine as a child? I'm sure he was a great child. Not that any of you don't have great children. I get that. Um, but here is Christ living his entire growing up and going through all that we grow th go through growing up as humans. And then also mighty God, wonderful counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace. It was a radical statement to claim God and deity as a man. But yet here is Jesus, fully God and fully man. Fully God because the same Jesus that John is talking about at the beginning of chapter 1, the Word, who was with God, who was God, is life, is light, is creator. That Jesus, he didn't change and, and change who he was when he came to earth. He just became flesh and added on this human element. Turn with me to Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3, as we see this picture of Jesus as fully God. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3. All right, I gave you guys extra time. Uh, verses 1 through 3. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Through him also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the, power, the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So here's this picture of, of Christ in the flesh, still God, fully God. And there is no way to believe any of the New Testament without believing the full deity of Christ. Um, you can't, this is worth nothing if you think that Jesus Christ is not fully God. And then fully man. That word became does not mean that, that Jesus ceased to be who he was. He just added on, uh, the, the, his eternal deity added on perfect humanity. Uh, he was perfect as a man and sinless. And temporarily laid aside the use of some of his divine attributes uh, to be on full display. But turn with me to Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Here is a picture that we get of Christ as fully man. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, 
even death on the cross. And we're going to get to that in a minute. It is an important aspect that he came to be human. It wasn't just that we could actually visibly see God. It wasn't that he, they, it was a better relationship with us and, and he could connect better with us as, as humans. Uh, there is a deeper need that needed to be satisfied that we'll talk about in a, in a second. But here is Jesus, fully man, and, and still fully God. He still performed miracles. He still raised people from the dead. Uh, he still cast out demons. Uh, so there we saw elements of the power of, of Jesus at work. But yet he was hungry. He got thirsty. Uh, he was tempted. He was tired and weak. And he died. Uh, he died, but all of that was without sin. A sinless sacrifice for us. And this allows us to see his glory, for we can't see God with sinful eyes. And John throws in verse 15 with John the Baptist saying, yes, Jesus was even before I was. Uh, John the Baptist was actually six months older than Jesus. Uh, and John's saying, Jesus existed before I did. So another reminder of the deity of Christ, um, that we can't lose that piece of who Jesus is. And then Jesus comes full of grace and truth. Grace, the greatest expression of God's compassion on us. Grace is God's unmerited favor. It is that we receive something so amazing that we don't deserve. There's no way that we can attain. There's no thing that we can do to earn the grace that is given by God. Uh, it is all a free gift. And this grace that is greater than all of our sin. God loved us even when we were sinners. And think about this. If God dealt only with, or dealt with us only according to truth, we would be in trouble. There's no way. There is no way that we could follow the law. There's no way that we could set up or, or follow any guidelines and set up and laws that God provided. But it's by grace. Uh, through Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection met the demands of the law. And then God, through him, gives us fullness of his grace and his truth. And this grace that is given to us is that comes at a great cost. It uh, comes at the sacrifice of Christ Jesus. And here's why it's important that he became man in flesh. The cost of this grace leads us to the cross, leads us to the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us. And the only way that we could be forgiven of our sins with the perfect sacrifices through Christ and his death. Uh, there is no other way. If he is not completely either fully human and, and fully God, then man and God cannot be brought back together. There is no way that that can happen without Jesus being fully man. Jesus makes possible the forgiveness of our sins and that because that sins require a blood sacrifice. Let me read to you Hebrews 9, verse 22. It says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. It takes a blood sacrifice for the law to be paid and for us to have our sins forgiven. And so that can only come from the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And that blood comes only from flesh. And if Jesus were only divine, then we wouldn't have that blood sacrifice uh, that was required. Matthew 26, verses 27 and 28. 
talk about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It says, And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. There's power in the blood of Christ Jesus. And without that blood, our sins are not forgiven. So this sacrifice for our sins requires the shed blood of Christ in his perfect human life paid for our sins. Because Jesus did take on human flesh and live a sinless life and offered his life on the cross, then we receive this grace, the forgiveness, the atonement, the salvation, and eternal life for us. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The cross is where the fullness of grace shone brightest. Um, it is by the cross. So yes, we celebrate a, a, an infant. We celebrate our Savior who has come to be born, to live among us. We celebrate his life, and we're going to take this journey through John of all that Jesus accomplished. But then we're going to look at his death and, and the reason why he came. And it was as a blood sacrifice, the perfect blood sacrifice from, an, a, from Jesus, fully man and fully God. And from his fullness, we have all received. Here's this picture again of getting all of God. We have full access to the Father because of Christ Jesus. We have all access to the power of the Holy Spirit because of Jesus. Jesus, full of grace and truth, and we receive that in full. Colossians 2.9 says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So not just a little bit, not just here's a little picture or image of God. He is God in the fullness of God uh, that we have through Jesus Christ. And when we, when we receive Christ by trusting in him, we become children of God. We talked about that uh, last week, that we get to become children of God. With that comes an inheritance, heirs to the kingdom, which gives us full access to all God is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It is from Christ and Christ alone that we have all that we need. Not anything that we can do, not any way that we can hit max level in our Christian faith and be done and, and earn special merit. No, it is Christ and Christ alone with his shed blood that gives us access and to see who God is in his glory. Grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Again, the law is God's standards. It's impossible for us to achieve. And God knew this, and he had to, he had to provide a way out. The only way out was through the shed blood of Christ, uh, allowing us access to receiving the grace and truth. Romans 5, 20 and 21 says, Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness 
leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is nothing that we can do. It is all about Jesus. Uh, and all that in, in our sin, we're lost. It, we're dark. We're, we're completely hidden from God. And Christ came as the light to shine the light on our sin, for us to realize the need that we have for a Savior, for us to have that sin forgiven and paid by the shed blood of Christ in the flesh so that we had access to God. And so here we are, this purpose of God bringing Jesus on earth to be flesh, to be human, to live among us, <clears throat> for us to see the glory of God in Christ Jesus and to understand the need that we have and understand and, and see God at work among us. <clears throat> That's a relationship that God wants with us. Verse 18 says that he has made him known that God, here is God revealed through what Christ did coming in the flesh. And Jesus coming to earth has made God known to us in the most practical way. Here is, here is God saying, here I am. Uh, look at my son. Look at who Jesus is. And look at the need that you have for a savior. Allowing us access to him in the fullness of his grace and truth that we may believe. Uh, so much more than a baby. Yes, it's, it's a great time to celebrate the birth of Christ, but there is so much more to what that means. So much more, and all of it leads to the cross. All of that leads to the resurrection, conquering sin and death, because Christ came in the flesh. So John is setting us all up uh, through this entire prologue of understanding Jesus, making sure we get this right, making sure we get this clear picture of Christ Jesus. And from that, that is who we put our faith in. That is who we believe in. That is moving us from that statement of faith into believing and into this relationship with Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Please, as we close in prayer, uh, just a reminder, and you might be sitting back thinking, I know, I know all this, Pastor Randy. You know, you can give me your notes, and, and, and yes. But it's, it's a continued journey. It's a continued faith process. It's a continued believing. And there are times that we've got to look back and say, wow, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I've got to keep my eyes focused on him because the distractions are loud. The distractions are overwhelming at times. But we, keeping our eyes focused on Jesus as our Savior and Lord, is what we need to do to continue in our faith, continue in our believing and understanding, and continuing to understand that we have so much more to learn about who he is. And as Lord and Savior, he has so much more for us to live out in our faith. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning, this opportunity to, again, just continue to have this picture uh, either reminded in our, in our heart, in our mind. Uh, Father, there might even be some who in here who don't fully understand uh, who Jesus is, and I pray for an open heart and mind to that message. And Father, I pray for the opportunity that we have to come together as a family uh, to worship you, to continue to, to sing praises like we've never sung before, because we are continuing to grow in our faith and in our belief 
of who Jesus is, the work that you are doing in our life. Father, I pray for the Holy Spirit to move in this room. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.